Welcome to Crate Digging, a podcast about record collections and their collectors. I'm your host, Dakota Arsenault, the music and creative associate for the soundtrack. This is our very first episode, so thank you for checking the show out. Each season will be eight episodes long and feature interviews with all kinds of record collectors, from musicians to DJs to impassioned music lovers. We all have something in common, and that is spending an unhealthy amount of money and time on vinyl. I hope through this series you connect with our guests through their adoration of all things music-related. In this first episode, I am joined by Gemma Mastriani, the founder and editor of The Soundtrack and the co-producer of this show. Welcome, Gemma. Let's flip through your collection. Exciting. Thank you so much for having me. You are the debut guest and there is no one more important than having you on. Oh, thank you so much. Now this this works out because you were my first guest on Wavy. So That's yeah. true. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. There we go. Uh, we got something in common with that then. Fantastic. Uh, but yeah, we're here to talk about record collections. I love records. You love records. I guess the first thing I want to know is how big is your record collection? The thing is, me and my boyfriend, Jared, we go half seas, really. Like, we've kind of just put our collections together. So I would say all together, we have around probably, like, 50-ish. But, like, in terms of, like, the ones I personally own, um, I own 20 at the moment. How about you? Ooh, for me, I... Discog says I have a little over 300, about 330, I think, but there might oh be a couple that I have not logged. Uh, every once in a while, I'll, I'll realize I'm like, oh man, I haven't logged it for like six months. I should probably check that out. <laughs> I've never used Discogs. Oh, I love Discogs. It's so good. Okay. Yeah. It's like the best thing. You you basically like log your records uh, that you own and like you, you look up the spine number on the side of it and it'll so it'll have like the different versions. So it'll be like, oh, I have this one that was uh, uh, pressed in the United States or this one's from Europe or this one's from Japan or something like that. And then they'll have like the different variations if like it's the re-release or if it was just on black vinyl or if it comes like on red vinyl or something like that. Ah. And so it like lifts everything. Okay, that's so cool. Yeah, I just got into vinyl like a couple years ago. Um, I really wanted to avoid it for a long time just because like, I didn't feel like I'd be able to have the willpower to control myself in terms of Mm -hmm. like not buying them all the time. Um, but then I was gifted a record player for my grad, uh, just about two, two years ago now. Uh, so, you know, kind of went into it, but I've had a lot of willpower. I only really buy occasionally, but that's why my collection's so small, but but that's cool. I'm definitely going to join Discogs. And yeah, I'm still learning a lot, I'd say. Well, the the dangerous part of that is it kind of tells you how much your records are worth, too. <laughs> and when I say that my collection's over 300 records, I look at that and I'm like, oh my God, so much money. <laughs> oh God. That's kind of good, though, you know? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, you know, you just talked about getting your first turntable uh, when you when you graduated. Uh, was that the start of your collection? Yes. Um, so I got my first turntable, which is the Audio-Technica AT-LP60-BT wireless turntable. I don't even know if that's like how you probably say it, but that's what I got. And then my first record was Super Tramp Breakfast in America. 
great one. Yeah. That is a fantastic classic rock album. Totally. Uh, so I guess I want to know a bit about what your collection is kind of comprised of. So what sort of like genres or style do you mostly own? Yeah. So I would say it's mostly like indie and alt rock. Um, you know, have some like classic, like modern classics in there, like, like gorillas, demon days and a couple Radiohead. but, um, yeah, mostly I would say indie alt rock. Interesting. Okay. And like sort of, I guess, based on the bulk of your collection, do you have any records that maybe stick out a little bit that maybe someone would be surprised to see that you own? I don't know if they'd be surprised. Like, I feel like, I feel like I have a lot of fa- like personal favorites. Um, geez. But like one that sticks out to me would be like Gorilla's Demon Days. That's like one of my favorites that I own. But I, I feel like, I don't know if I'd say any of them are surprised really. <laughs> I think for me, it would probably be uh, Katy Perry's Teenage Dream. Oh, okay. And it's cotton candy pink and it smells like cotton candy. I was going to ask if it smelled because I had the CD version, like whenever, I think it was in elementary school or something when that came out. I don't know, but, and it smelled like cotton candy. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it doesn't really smell like cotton candy. It just kind of but smells it has like a, a bad scratch. Yeah. Sniff it sticker, has a smell, sticker, but it smells like something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's that's definitely one of my biggest guilty pleasures. And so it kind of sticks out in, in my collection of like, you know, a lot of hard rock, uh, rap, noise rock, jazz, Katy Perry. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one, though. It's a classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I I definitely uh, belt out those songs whenever <laughs> I, I hear it. Come on. Uh, what would be your prized possession in your collection? What, like, if you were to say, like, show off one record to be like to impress people, what would it be? Ooh, um, I'd say right now I, I have them all, like all here in front of me, just for like reference. But I would say probably Tame Impala, the Slow Rush, um, mm. because I think the artwork is just stunning, and you when you open it up, it's just like this really nice shot of Kevin Parker on the beach wearing this, like this cool, like button down shirt. It's just gorgeous. And then like, when you like, when you pull out the sleeves, it's like um, those shots of like the room with sand in it. I just think it's, I just think it's really visually nice. Um, So probably that one. Yeah. But also like demon days is cool because it had, it kind of looks like a comic book on the inside. That's what comes to mind right now. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I always appreciate it when you get a record and it's not just the record that you've got like these these beautiful liner notes or, you know, these big full scale photographs or sometimes they'll include like diary or entries by the artist, things like that, where just that extra touch makes spending a little bit more worth it for me. Totally. It, on that note, so I have the Antlers Hospice, uh, the 10th year anniversary edition on vinyl. And something that's interesting is that it comes with like the lyric sheet, um, but it has alternate names for the songs. And I've actually never like seen that before or anything. So I thought it was very interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Is there, do you know if there's any reason behind that? Was that just like the working titles or, or something I, else? I don't know. You know what? I actually haven't researched it. I probably should have asked him like the opportunities I've had to interview the singer, Peter. Um, yeah, I haven't looked into it. It was something I just noticed recently and I was like, oh, 
So yeah. Do you have any holy grails that you like want to get one day that you need to have in your collection that you just haven't found either the time or because it costs too much or, or any reason like that? Yeah, I really want to get like the entire Radiohead collection. Yeah, that that's one I definitely want to finish off. I just think like they're one of the few bands that I think every single album is fantastic and like near flawless. So, and like, I just think all the album artwork is like so unique and different from one another. So it would be really, I think it would be really fulfilling (laughs) to have all of that. Um, You are not wrong. I think I've got about five of their records and I, and I still want the rest. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. I only have two right now, but um, I'll I'll get them one day. (laughs) Which two do you have right now? I have a moon shaped pool which I just got a couple weeks ago, actually. And then I also have um, OK Computer. Yeah, that's what I've got. Mm, nice. Yeah. So I need to get a moon shape pool. Yeah, those are like my top two Radiohead albums, actually. So it's nice to have those. Um, like, like it kind of, yeah, it's nice. It's nice to have my favorites, but I'm going to finish it one day. <laughs> Interesting. I feel like I feel like when you're talking to Radiohead fans, when they say what their favorite album there is, it kind of says a lot about like your music taste and stuff like that. So the fact that you're saying a Moonshape Pool and OK Computer, I think that's a really interesting answer of, of your two favorite records of theirs. Oh, yeah, thanks. De- definitely. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Everyone kind of has their own little like Radiohead horoscope. <laughs> that's a great way of putting it. <laughs> now, what artist would you say you have the most of in your collection? Oh, I think it would. Or are you just kind of all over the place? I, like, okay, for me personally, like, I'm tied. I've got two of the Antlers, and then I have two of Radiohead. Um, but overall, I think we have the most Tame Impala because we have we have every album. So, oh wow, they've got four yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's that's a great one. I don't have any Tame Impala, and I'm and I'm kind of embarrassed to say that. You should be, honestly. <laughs> How about you? I know. How about you though? Um, probably Radiohead because I've got, I've got four of their proper albums and then I've got like one of their live recordings. And then I've also got two different records of Tom's side project, Adams for Peace. Cool. Uh, so I guess by an artist, Tom York is probably the, the person I have the most of, uh, have several Beatles records as well. Um, between my wife and I owning them. And then my wife has a lot of Fleetwood Mac albums. I think we've got like three or four of them. So that would probably be be up there high on the list. So yeah, there. I feel, I feel like I've got probably about like four or five artists where I've got at least four of their records. Nice, cool. I feel like a really, mm-hmm. like a noob really compared to you in this conversation. <laughs> but... I'm just, I just, I just held back for so many years for financial reasons. (laughs) No, I totally get it. There was a time where not long after I got like my first turntable where it was like every paycheck, I would go down to the record store and drop basically uh, 50 bucks every two weeks and, you know, get like three or four new records. That's fun. That's fun though. <laughs> it was it was so much fun, but like that that was a lot of money I put down. And and now it basically is just like special occasions where it's birthdays or Christmas or something like that that we'll get each other, my wife and I will get each other records as gifts. Uh and other than that, like unless it's like a concert and like I really want to get the record, uh 
I, I don't buy a lot of records these days. Yeah, I feel that it's it's kind of fun, like keeping it to special occasions. I'm I'm kind of the same way. Like occasionally, if we're downtown, um, we'll go to the record store and pick a couple out. But but yeah, a lot a lot of mine have been gifts, um, and it's fun because you kind of never know what you're gonna get, and people tend to kind of get you. Well, in my in my experience, get me my favorites. So that's why I kind of just have a lot of my favorites here. So yeah. Nice. Well, I think this is a great segue because I want to know when you walk into a record store, do you beeline it to what you know you want or do you spend time flipping through everything? No. Yeah. I always spend time kind of going through everything. Like in my mind, sometimes I'll have a general idea of what I want, um, but I'll, I'll always like go through and see what they have. And then usually I'll be, you know, by the end, I'll usually have like a handful of records and then I'll narrow it down uh, to what I want. And a lot of the time it's not even what I planned to go there and get. So yeah, it's, it's, it's an experience and it's something I miss just being able to go there and kind of flip through. Haven't done it very much this past year. Um, yeah. But how about you? Yeah, that's uh, sort of similar where you, I'll, I'll usually go in with a mindset of like, yeah, the, this album that I've really been digging a lot recently or was one of my favorites from the last year, I'll be like, yeah, I really want to try to get this one. And so I'll go in and be like, all right, eventually I want to make my way over to, you know, the S section or whatever, mm-hmm. and that way I can and find it. But then I'll be like, oh, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll flip through the used records first. Oh, and here's the new release shelf that they have up at the very front. So I obviously have to look at that. And then like they have like a little listening booth. I'll be like, oh, well, maybe I'll see what they have going on over there. And then before you know it, it's an hour and you know, my wife is looking at her watch and being like, okay, I think we need to go. You need to put some of those away. Let's go. That sounds like, like a kid in a toy store or something. (laughs) A little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Now, speaking of like user discount records, if you're going through that section of a store, what are you sort of looking for? Are you looking for, you know, maybe a, a price point that jumps out at you or like a really cool cover or just being like, oh yeah, I haven't thought about this for a while. I would say that, like I haven't, I guess I, ha- I actually haven't bought a lot of used records um, as like bratty as that sounds. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I actually haven't bought a lot of used records um, as bratty as that may sound. Um, but I, you know, there, there was this one time I was in PEI at, I was at this bar and like they, they were selling vinyl on the inside of the bar and it was all, all used vinyl. And I got, an always record. And I think it was like 15 or 20 bucks. So, I mean, going forward, I'm sure I'm going to end up buying some used records. So I'd pay, I'd say probably around that price point. I think that's good as so long as it's in like decent condition. Okay. That's fair. Now, are you comfortable sharing the most you've ever spent on a single record? Yeah. Um, if you happen to know that, of let course. me, let me think, um, <laughs> just going through here. I think I feel like the most I've spent has probably been like I think it was forty dollars. Yeah. Forty dollars. Okay, that that's not bad. That's not yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah. Um I recently ordered the follow up boy Take This to Your Grave. I think it was like the twentieth anniversary edition. And it came to around forty dollars. All right, that's not bad. I, well, I'm guessing that's like a, a double disc or something like it's that. It's like silver. It it looks silver. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but appara- That's cool. apparently like um prior to this though, that record would usually be around like a hundred bucks or so. 
so it's of course it's like mm. repressed um but but yeah i kind of saw it as like a, a good buy that's cool yeah i i think for me the most i've ever spent is probably around around the 40 dollar mark as well i don't really like spending more than like 20 or 25 dollars on a record unless it's like a super special edition or something like that i'm thinking of the ones that I have spent a little bit more on were probably something like M83's Hurry Up, I'm Dreaming, or Vince Staples' uh, Summertime 06 are ones that kind of cost a little bit more. But I'm not really in a habit of spending more than like 20 or 25 bucks on a record, which sometimes really limits my selection. Yeah, me too. And like sometimes it's really tempting, like when things just come out and like, you listen to the record, you're really excited about it. And then you go to the record store and you see it in person and it's just kind of like dazzling. Um, but like sometimes if you just like wait a year or two, it'll be like less. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I usually, I would say I'm comfortable anywhere between like 30 or under. Uh, but anything more than that, I definitely feel some guilt and I usually don't purchase it. <laughs> That's totally yeah. fair. Now, when you go to concerts, do you try to pick up the record of the band that's playing? No, I've well, I've only done that once. Um, keep in mind, I've only owned a record player for two years. So, I mean, that was really only a year that I was going to shows uh, since we've been in quarantine for a year. Um, the only time I actually did I have I ever gotten a record at a concert? <laughs> I actually don't think I have. I got mixed up. No? I, I remember I brought a record to a show to get signed. But yeah, I've never bought a record at a show. And I think it's just because like, I don't want to hang on to it. Yeah, that's fair. Is it cheaper or something? Uh, Sometimes I actually find it's a little bit more depending on the band where like, I know if I go into a store, it'll be like maybe 25 bucks max and they'll be selling it at the like the merch booth for like 30 or 35 or even sometimes 40 dollars i've seen like records that i know you can get for in the 20 dollar range i'm just like what what are you doing is like i want to support you directly other than like the store taking a cut and everyone else in that like uh the middlemen of that process taking their cut this would be like directly putting money in your pocket and you're gonna charge me like 30 40 bucks for it no thank you dude that is so not worth it because it's like not only do you have to pay more and like, I get the idea of directly supporting the artist, but it's like, then I got to hang on to that through your whole show. And then like, that's uncomfortable. Like <laughs> I probably, I don't see myself doing that in the future. I I usually wait until the, the show is over. Like usually when I get in, especially because like uh, if you're, if you're a photographer or writer going for a show, like, like you and I usually do, we're usually there a little bit early anyways, because we have to be there. Um, yeah, especially for the opening act, if we're if we're wanting to cover them, and I'll usually like go and scope out the merch booth basically as soon as I get in before the show starts to be like, do they have anything worth buying here? Normally, I find a lot of you know tour merch is kind of blah. Sometimes it could be really awesome, and that's when you're like, take all my money, please. But I'll usually be like, oh yeah, you're selling your your records. How much does it cost? Okay, yeah, twenty five dollars. Yeah, I, I can swing that sort of thing. But then I'll right. wait until the very end of the show and then go back and pick it up then. Right. See, I'm that person who's like, like, I actually want to see the last song. So like, like, okay, basically, I don't want to wait any lines till after the show is done. The only line I'm waiting in is the McDonald's at the Danforth, like the <laughs> McDonald's near the Danforth musical. Like I'm rushing to get there and get some food. I don't want to wait in a merch line. And I want to see the last song. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> so sometimes like if I'm getting merch, it'll be like a t-shirt or something and I'll go like in between acts or like before, before the show starts. Um, but that's just me and like an issue with my patience, I guess. Now, uh, and food. So <laughs> now I hate to break this bad news to you, but I recently was driving by the Danforth and that McDonald's is closed now. No, what are we going to do? I don't know because I've definitely gone there after shows kind of drunk and gotten <laughs> food too. That is like such an experience. Yeah. Like everyone is just hangry as fuck, kind of drunk, um, but it's a vibe, you know, and then you go and ride the subway. Well, I would go ride the subway after, eat my McDonald's, um, and then you go home and pass out. It's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know what's going to happen now. That I can't believe it closed. I know. It's I'm, McDonald's. I know. I'm, I'm sorry to break the, the the bad news to you. Thanks. Um, you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad you could let me know. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> now back on track. I'd love to know, like, maybe, like, what's your opinion on, on colored vinyl? If you're given a choice between, like, just like the plain black pressings, or if you can get like colored variants for the same price, do you gravitate more towards like the the special versions? Yeah, I think it's fun. But like, I've heard there's some controversy. Like, some people say like the quality isn't as good or something. I've never experienced that. I have quite a few colored records and i love the way that looks i like that you right. know for the most part my my record collection like you pull it out and it's all it's all black vinyl but then every once in a while you pull it out and it's like a cool color and it's like oh nice to like mix it up just a little bit where like if every single record was like a fun funky color i'd probably still enjoy it but it, it takes the specialness out of it no I, I i just like yeah like if it's the same price why not it's it's fun yeah like <laughs> so if you're having people over in non-COVID times, obviously, not family, just like friends or acquaintances, what sort of records would you like to throw on most likely that you own? Ooh, uh, geez, I would probably say like right now I'd probably put on like Astroworld by Travis Scott. I feel like it's pretty accessible, like to my friend group. I feel like they don't want to listen to like Radiohead when we're like hanging out and having <laughs> beers or maybe like Aesop Rock Spirit World Field Guide um yeah those would probably be my go-tos at the moment actually uh, I've got one more to mention <laughs> um there's this there's this indie band called um Video Age and they have this record called Pop Therapy and it's very much like a mix between like 70s and 80s rock um but like still modern and it's just really upbeat and fun. And I think it's very accessible. So, yeah. Nice. So you're starting <laughs> the party then. Yes, exactly. I just, I don't like to be a downer. I don't like to be that person who puts on like, you know, super weird music, at least to others. And they're like, oh my God, what is this? Like, I guess I get very self-conscious about what people think of the music. That's fair. <laughs> I think, I guess I'm like in our position where we listen to so much music. Sometimes you kind of forget that not everything is, is either mainstream or, or, you know, enjoyed by a wide populace. And like when you're listening on your headphones, you're like, yeah, man, this is the jam. And then like you put it on for someone else and, and they're just like, what the fuck are you listening to? Yeah. I feel like I just avoid albums. Honestly, like when people come over, it's more like a playlist. Yeah, that's so, like I don't really play vinyl. Mm -hmm. um, maybe like at the end of the night, if we're all like vibing or whatever, but yeah. I don't know. I feel like I feel like albums are just like harder to get across to the average consumer. Not that all my friends are the average consumer, but no, I, I get that. Now, at the beginning of the show, you talked about what your your current setup is like. Do you have uh, an eye on maybe like some 
special uh, turntable you eventually want to upgrade to? Or are you just like really happy with the setup you have right now? I don't right now just because like I feel like it's still pretty recent. I know like the thing that I don't like about my setup right now is um, just like the, the top of it. It's clear and like it's already gotten like scratches on it and stuff. And I actually kind of find it difficult to clean. Maybe I'm just like not using like the right thing to clean it, but it'd be nice to have something like really nice and maybe like wooden one day, but not nothing, nothing in particular right now. What's, what's your setup like? Well, right now I've got a, a project debut carbon, which I absolutely love this turntable. This is, this was like my want for the longest time. You know, I've had Crosley's, I've had lower end audio technicas. Uh, I had for a brief period of time uh, a german brand called dual that my father-in-law had lent us so I, i've had a few different ones and they all have been kind of okay but i've always had my eye on this project debut carbon and i was so happy when i finally pulled the trigger on that i got it about uh, a year and a half two years ago maybe now it's it's everything that i want like obviously with audio equipment there's literally no upper price limit like if you whatever you think is the most expensive audio equipment you can buy there is more expensive stuff than that there there is just no limit to how much you can possibly drop on on audio equipment whether it's turntables speakers just stands to hold it on all of it is utter nonsense of how much money you can literally be spending and it still wouldn't be top top of the line so i am very happy with what i've got like it's like the perfect blend between like past your you know your starter turntable sets the crosley style and then like midway to like the the super high-end professionals that you really have to drop some serious dough to to be able to afford right cool and it's red oh that's that's dope yeah now i recall from seeing the photos actually um i should also mention for speakers i use the bose home speaker 500 I'm really happy with it. Uh, but as you said, like you can always have something bigger and better. So who knows what the future holds, but right now I'm pretty content. That's cool. Now, how do you feel about 45s? Do you, do you have some in your collection or no? Yeah. Um, I like don't really spin them to be honest. Um, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like I like just am not as attracted to buying them as much just because like, they're so small and they're over so quickly. Honestly, with vinyl, like I hate, I honestly hate when there's four different um, pieces. Like I prefer if there's two, so I don't need to like get up and change it so frequently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I feel like I'm not a huge 45s person. No, that's totally fair. I feel like I've got like a, a small collection of them and I, and I also don't really play it very much because yeah, like you said, it's basically like you'll have like two and a half, three and a half minutes, and then you have to like get up and flip it or get it up, up and change it. And it just can become a little exhaustive at that point. Exactly. Yeah. No, I have two. I have Temples and Interpol. Um, but yeah, I don't really ever spend them. It's more like just to have there and look at it and think, oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, how do you store your records? Do you use slip covers or no slip covers? Yeah, I use slipcovers like when they're given. Some some I have that like just didn't come with them. Uh but but yeah, for for the ones like I I use as many as I have. So That's cool. Yeah, that's a I, great way to I, keep it safe. 
Yeah, and right now I'm it's like I'm not really happy with the way I'm storing my records and like people who probably like who know a lot more about vinyl probably would like not be uh too pleased to hear this, but I have them in like just like a cardboard box really. Like you know like those cardboard boxes like teachers would use to like put their like assignments in or whatever. Mhm. Yeah, I just have them in that. <laughs> but but the thing is, I'm actually getting like a like a little vinyl stand built for me right now. So like oh, I am cool. changing that. Yeah, yeah. My friend, my old friend from uh, back home, childhood friend, he's like building it custom for me. So I'm really, really excited. Um, little record credenza. I'm stoked. That's awesome. When uh, when you get that, we're gonna have to share that on the socials. Yes. No. I, that's. I'm so excited for that. Just to like take so many nice photos like right now like i just like it's i think it would be the most like instagramable thing like it would be like the thing to share since we're stuck at home but it's like i just think it looks really ugly so yeah (laughs) that's totally fair now switching gears what is your favorite local record store i would say cops i really really like their selection i find the prices are great and like the staff is always super friendly I really like their new location. I just went for the first time, I'd say about a month ago. It's like bright and updated and it's just really nice. And apparently they're going to build like a whole other level to it or the basement. Um, yeah, there's a couple other record stores where I just like, it just felt so pretentious. And like, I just didn't always like the way I was treated, but like, I'm, I'm pretty picky about like customer service just because I've worked in it for uh, so long growing up. But I, I really like cops. It kind of feels like like a little bit like home. Interesting. What uh, what location would you say you frequent most? Because they've got I know they got one on Queen Street. They know they got one on Danforth. They've got one in Oshawa, which I've never been to. Yeah, I've never, I, I've actually only been to the uh, the Queen Street location. Okay, and it's always great. How about you though? Yeah, that's that's tough. I really like cops. I've I have a good story about cops where. For my wedding, we we got a whole bunch of 45s to play. Uh, we were looking for like stuff from like the 60s, 70s, and 80s that was like, uh, you know, dance rock, disco, classic rock hits, stuff like that where it would be like really easy for people to dance to. And so I went to Cops Records and they had a sales associate that like spent about an hour and a half, two hours with my then fiance, now wife, and I. Uh, helping us find some like really obscure titles of like stuff that she knew would like get people up on the dance floor and like was playing them over the entire loudspeaker upstairs in the upstairs level. So it was so much fun. And like, people were like, Oh, what you listening to? And kind of like telling people what we were doing and everyone thought it was like the most adorable thing. I love that. That's so nice. And that's really nice that they took the time to like do that with you just mm-hmm. cause like pe- not, not everyone is like that nice, you know? I, uh, I briefly for, for about a year, I lived at Queen and Bathurst. So at the time cops had a, a record store there, on, uh, right, basically two doors down for me sort of thing. So I would frequent them lots. Uh, I really like Dangerous. Sonic Boom's, uh, size because they usually have just about everything. I loved it when they had a shop down in Kensington, which sadly they were only open for maybe a year or two, but, uh, yeah, Sonic Boom's main location, they they have basically everything that you could want there. Yeah, definitely. It, it's great. And I really like that they sell, like, not just vinyl, but, like, they sell, like, cute little things for your home and, like, a little bit of apparel. 
some cocktail sets. Like it, it's a vibe. I can find it overwhelming at times, so I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. Now you don't have to name any names or anything like that, but what would you say makes a, a good record store stand out from a not so good one? Friendly people. Like, let's drop the pretentiousness. Okay, we all like music. Um, I just, yeah, I just don't like when I'm treated like um, shit, essentially. <laughs> I, I, I think great selection, good prices, and some good customer service. Oh, and some good music playing, of course. Yeah, I... When you go into a record store, you know you're going to hear like the best music, even if it doesn't usually match up with your genre taste. They're usually playing something interesting that makes you be like, yeah, I can I can spend a little bit more time in here looking around. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. It like adds to the whole vibe. And of course, good organization as well is appreciated. Yeah, I feel like, you know, you're talking about bad customer service. I feel like that's a bit of a, a stereotype where it's just like, the music store snob where they they look down on the things that you're buying and if you're buying you know a pop record that that's not cool enough or a bad classic rock album or something like that or i feel like we've been you know at least in toronto been pretty lucky most of the time i've never had any sort of issues with any people that work at the record stores usually it's like a good conversation regardless of what you're buying because they know everything which is like always shocking but like i think there's there's that sort of like scariness of like oh are they gonna judge me about what i'm buying but in the end they like they don't care they just love music too and they love that people love music that you you love music and want to buy the records yeah i i agree i just there's just this one record store and it's not cops and i'm not gonna name names but every time i go there like the person is just never friendly to me and it's not even like i think that they're judging my records i just think they're miserable and it's like it's not like it's the same person every time either. It's just like they're just never happy. And maybe maybe it's just not a good working environment. I don't know. But that's not cool. Um yeah, I'm I'm always just like, have a good day. Like I'm always really nice. And I just feel like I never get that back. Um yeah. but like it doesn't really affect my life that much, so it's fine. <laughs> well yeah. That uh that's unfortunate and I'm really sorry to hear that. Uh and and I hate to end it on, on such a, a downer note, but uh <laughs> Gemma, I want to thank you so much for being the first guest. Oh, thanks for having me. Sorry to end it on a downer note. Um, You know, I I would say Toronto has a great selection of stores and there's so much to pick from. And I'm so glad to be here. It's way better than um, what I had in my hometown. So I definitely don't want to leave it on a bad note. Um, Love the selection here. But yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is great. I really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, so this wraps up the first episode of Crate Digging. Make sure to visit thesoundtrack.ca for more great content. And let me know what you're currently spinning. We have seven more episodes this season with some fantastic guests lined up. So make sure you are subscribed to the show and listen right when the needle drops. Crate Digging is produced by Gemma Mastriani and Dakota Arsenault and is a soundtrack production. Music is by Jared Burke and graphic design by Stephanie Pryor. Thanks for checking us out.